discover how you can re-engage people who used to come to your church but are no longer coming to your church since COVID started, while also reaching more people and new people for Christ at your church. Are you ready? Because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Hello, heroes. This is Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Psychic Podcast. This is the podcast where ministry leaders come on and talk about tips and ideas and tools on how you can do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And today I've got Adam McLaughlin back on the podcast, and it's really excited to talk to him because we're going to talk about two different things. One is how can you re-engage people who were coming to your church but aren't coming to your church anymore because of COVID. And again, the, the stats don't lie. Less and less people are coming to church now that the churches are back open. Uh, even online attendance is declining as well. So how can you re-engage those? But then also, how can you reach more people for Christ during this time period? So it's a really cool conversation. And, and Adam is the perfect guy to talk to about this because he's great about marketing. He's great about utilizing digital tools and what you can be doing there. So I'm excited to talk to him. Did I already say that before? I did. So without any further ado, let's get an interview right now with Adam McLaughlin. With me right now is a guy who hasn't been hanging out with me much lately because he's been doing lots of other things. The one and the only Adam McLaughlin. Listen, Tom, all I'm saying is last time I was in Washington, D.C., the world started shutting down and we couldn't get together. So mm. it's not entirely my fault. No, that's true. I'm just glad you haven't come around DC much lately anyways, because who knows what would have happened the next this time if you came around. I mean, we've got all these different variants and all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting world out there. Yeah. Well, Adam, I'm glad you're back with me. Uh, you've been on the podcast numerous times, but just in case somebody hasn't been on the podcast, give everyone a, a little update on who you are and where, where you are, actually. <laughs> sure. Well, the reason the where you are question comes up is because my wife and I full-time RV. And so we travel about six months of the year in the United States and six months of the year in Canada. So uh, with our three boys in our travel trailer. So right now we are in kind of the middle of Canada, kind of straight north of Montana. Okay. And we're uh, spending summer here. This is where my wife grew up. So she's got lots of friends and family here that she wants to see. Nice. And uh, yeah, we're just enjoying it's like you know on a hot day it might be 75 or 78 during the day and at night it cools down to 50s and 60s we sleep with our windows open it's just perfect weather to hang out in an rv that is awesome um that's really cool um i i've always i've heard a lot of people going up to montana area over the summers and like michigan and i just think that that would be the ideal place to spend summertime yeah, I mean, it, it really is just, it's terrible in the winter, of course. You're not going to, I shouldn't say terrible. Some people like the winter, but for an RVer, it's like not survivable in the winter. Um, uh, but in the summer, it's just perfect weather to be up in this area. Yeah, that that is really cool. Well, and then also you're part of a show, right? I mean, you are a part of an RV show. So tell us a little bit about that real quick. Yeah, so uh, we got an opportunity about a year and a half ago to be part of a TV show on uh, Discovery Channel called The RVers. And uh, so, yeah, we uh, 
we do our thing. It sounds way more glamorous than it actually is. It's mostly for bragging rights, but uh, <laughs> well, they're pretty uh, good brag rights. Discovery is a really nice uh, a platform. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, our, so our, it's an independent production. It's not a Discovery production. It's an independent production that we air on Discovery, and that comes typically it airs in the spring, and then in the fall we air in PBS uh, all over the place, and of course we're on iTunes and Amazon Prime and all those fun things in the meantime. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you have a background in church communications. Uh, yes. And so, and you have been quite active on social media lately. Talk to me again. You, there was a little bit of time when you weren't as active. Uh, tell me right. what, what got you back, back involved and in, uh, sharing a lot of good insights. Well, uh, 2020, I kind of uh, went through this uh, phase where I actually took my own advice and which is that consistency builds trust. And I know we're not showing the video, but you, so listeners can't see, but on my forehead, I have tattooed consistency builds trust <laughs> um, because I believe it so much. And I was doing so many different things and shooting so many different directions. And, you know, I was trying to do this and we had a TV show we're shooting, filming for, and, uh, you know, podcasts going on and helping churches and running a business and all those other fun things. So in 2020, we really kind of uh, decided to take a deep breath, kind of solidify where we were going and how we we're going to get there and uh, really focus in. So that's given me a, a lot of clarity and focus to, to really be an encouragement to people who are in the marketing world uh, and also help uh, grow our business and, and just kind of focus in that direction, which obviously gave me a lot more clarity for social media strategy. Yeah. Well, you are a great resource. I love your interactions on social media. They always are very thought provoking. And we'll ask you to share your stuff uh, towards the end on how they can connect with you, but we'll also ask sure. you to share about your web business stuff and, and all that. So, and how people can be a part of that as we wrap up. But I wanna to talk to you a little bit about today about your marketing expertise here. And as you know, with COVID, you know, a lot of people stopped attending church. I mean, the, the stats don't lie. Um, sure. And while they may have gone online for a little bit, they're not online anymore. Um, and while they may have come back in person for a little bit, they're not coming back in person as much anymore. I mean, my church has seen a decrease. And again, the, the stats don't lie all over the country. But the reality is we, we as churches do need to get people to get back engaged. Um, yeah. Um, and so I want to talk to you about how we do that. What, what can we do, especially as we're entering into the fall season um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the virus and the, all the different variants. But what would you give us as some good insights on how we can, as a church, re-engage people who may have checked out over COVID? Sure. So there's a certain group of your church who's always going to show up because they have a conviction to belong to your community, mm -hmm. right? That's something that they would never give up. And they were probably the first ones back as soon as the doors reopened. And, and they're the ones who are regularly watching every Sunday and they're not watching another church. They're watching your church. And so we're not really talking about that group because that group is already showing up, right? So we're talking about people who don't necessarily have a conviction to your church. And uh, there are a lot of reasons why people will attend church or won't attend church. And some people have a conviction to attend church, maybe just not your church. And the reason is because for whatever amount of time they went from, uh, you know, rabbit ears church, which was 
you know, we get three channels and two of them are fuzzy. So we go to the, the clearest channel, which happened to be showing up to your building for a long time, right? So it was kind of rabbit ears church in the sense that you were the best option for them to come hang out with and, and they loved being there and, you know, it was great while they were there. But, you know, some factor in why they chose your church was because it was the most available option. And then when COVID hit, we went from rabbit ears church to satellite TV church mm. in the sense that now you've got 600 channels and they all come in with equal amount of clarity. So there isn't really any reason you can't watch all the other channels. And, you know, a lot of the churches with, uh, you know, big budgets and, and huge creative staff and, you know, four video editors, full-time staff and, and all those types of things. They were the ones who essentially were putting on, you know, like more of a production, kind of a TV show. Yeah. And so, you know, when they had the option of like, okay, we've got a church here that they turned on their iPhone and start recording and the audio is kind of fuzzy. And, you know, there's this weird hum in the background and the lighting's not very good. And I can't really see the preacher very well versus like, you know, name the church, which, you know, I don't have to name them. I'm sure yeah. everybody's got one in mind where they're doing a production, they're doing the, the sermon bumpers, they're doing, you know, uh, audio recordings, like they're doing CD quality music, um, you know, as part of their worship. Yeah. So there, there was a, it, it became really easy to change the channel, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so then it became really easy to not pay attention to what was going on at the church I used to show up at and pay more attention to the church that, you know, was doing a, a, a better quality production or it was easier to focus because there isn't that weird hum in the background or you know they're processing all their music so that it, the singers don't sound like they're singing through their nose right all those types of things and so now the challenge comes back to well how do we the challenge comes back to how we frame this question because a lot of churches are thinking how do we get the people who used to attend to attend again yeah and i think that a lot of those people have so to speak, found a different home online, right? They found something else that, frankly, they like the production quality better. They're, there's, it's not that they're, they don't have a conviction to be part of a, a local community. It's, you know, it's easier to sleep in, watch church in my pajamas. I can make pancakes while I'm listening to the preacher, whatever that is. So the question I don't think should be, how do we get those people to come back? I think the question is, how do we get people who are curious about church to engage physically at our church? And I think a lot of that leads into, you know, we've, we've, uh, I've talked to a few people who, who actually track this, these details, these metrics, and they find that people are watching online for three to six months before they ever show up in the building, even if they live two blocks away. And so I think what a mistake we're making sometimes. Number one is asking, how do we get the people who used to attend our church to attend again? Uh, because I think there's a natural opportunity for us to go after people who are not churched or people who don't typically engage with church. If we're mm -hmm. going to go after somebody, instead of unconvincing one group to watch online, how about we convince a new group that there's value to even participating in church? And then the second thing is to see online as a lead up or in business world, we might call this part of the funnel where people who watch online are starting the process of building a relationship with your church. 
And they might do that for a while before they ever show up in person. So not saying we're going to stop doing online because we want to force people's hands to show up in person. That's a quick way to dive the nose of your plane, the, the nose of the plane of your church into the ground by saying we're not going to do online because there's so many other opportunities to do online. And when trust is at an all-time low, um, you really have an opportunity to build relationship with your online broadcast before you try to get somebody in person. So I would say those two things are the, are the two conversations I think that, that churches need to have. Number one, we're not trying to get people who used to attend back in the building. They're welcome to, but that's not our focus. We can't yeah. focus on that. We need to focus on people who have never seen the value of having church in their life and getting them into the church. The second thing is to continue to focus on online, even if you're having in-person opportunities and um, see that as the beginning of the relationship with somebody who could eventually come and participate with you in person. You just said a lot of great stuff here. Um, this is great because uh, let, let's dig into this a little bit more. And I'm trying to figure out which one I want to dig into more, which <laughs> are the two options. But here, we'll, we'll dig into the, the online option real quick here. Sure. Um, I think it's really important um, because I think from what I'm hearing from different people is that churches are, in fact, saying like what you just said, okay, we can meet back in person anymore. Let's bail on our online presence. And that is not the solution. Online is here to stay because let's just be honest, when we're recording this right now, there are, uh, th there's a Delta variant coming out, out right now. And then there's other variants that are being talked about just loosely. People are going to be scared for a really long time to come in person. And if you abandon your online um, component to your ministry, you're going to miss a huge opportunity. And I also think kind of like what you just shared, you know, back when we first started in 2020 with COVID and people were using their phones and people with their iPads to record stuff, that was fine. And, and again, I firmly believe if you're at a starting point, that is fine to start with. But sure. again, because online is here to stay, now is your time to upgrade, don't you think? Now, it, because, because at first the buzzing in the end in the in the background didn't bother you but now that does bother you because it's been over a year and so i think you need to invest in that talk to me a little bit more about about that those things yeah so uh, my parents have uh, a favorite breakfast restaurant that they go to all the time and they uh also like on every friday they go there for their chicken chow mein it's a vietnamese restaurant so Chicken chow mein, that's what they do on Fridays. If I call them at lunchtime on Friday, I know I'm not going to get an answer because I know they're out for chicken chow mein. That's just what they do. Yep. This restaurant uh, in Canada was, you know, was unable to do in-person seating for a long time. So they started doing takeout, which they had done maybe 5 or 10% of their business was takeout up until, you know, all the shutdowns. Well, takeout now became you know, they were making 70 to 80% of their income back through takeout. Yeah. And so they really started to focus on takeout. Now, uh, in Ontario, they're in Canada, they're starting to open up again. So you can have in seating, uh, in person dining, it would be ridiculous for the restaurant to now say, we're going to stop doing takeout, because we want you to be here in person. We know, you know, realistically, somebody in person spends way more than somebody in takeout. Because typically when you're doing takeout, you're not buying a soda, which is a high profit margin item. 
you're not going to add on dessert. Like you're not going to go grab your food from a restaurant, go home, then go back for dessert. Mm -hmm. And so the restaurant is potentially missing out on a lot of income in the sense that they're not selling the sodas. They're not selling the coffee. They're not selling the dessert. They're not selling the appetizers typically. So uh, the perspective could be for that restaurant. You know what? We're going to stop doing takeout. We're going to force people's hands and we're going to have them come in and sit because we make more money on people who dine in on a per person level. And this is kind of what, and as ridiculous as that sounds, this is kind of what churches sound like when they say we're going to stop doing online. And so I think sometimes when we take it out of the context of church, we put it in the context of like business. You know, if this was your favorite restaurant and they decided they're stopped doing takeout, you're going to find a new favorite restaurant. I mean, if you're used to doing takeout, that's just your thing, right? And so if you all of a sudden decide you're not going to do online broadcast because you want to force people's hands, um, you want to, you know, I hear churches say that they want to instill the fear of missing out. Uh, well, all you're doing is they, you you as a church, as a community, you're the one missing out because those people are leaving. They're going to find another alternative. So I, I think that we have to understand the reality of, of the situation and sometimes taking it out of church context puts it in a little bit, uh, you know, more understandable terms. Um, I love how I love how you take it and put it into real terms. I mean, seriously, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I forget your original question now. No, but again, just again, how can we continue to invest online? You, you yeah. Yes. Okay. So I think that um, not simply broadcasting your what's happening in person, and also you can watch this online if you'd like. Uh, I think doing something intentional for online is an important piece of the puzzle. Now, this could just be simply bumpers at the beginning and end. So you do a bumper at the beginning that says, hey, my name's Adam. I'm your online campus pastor. Thank you for watching online. By the way, if you have any questions today during today's service, how about you just drop me an email? Here's my email address. I will respond to you personally within 24 hours. Enjoy the service. And then you go to like the actual live broadcast of the service. Um, if anybody wants some ideas on how to do this, the, the go-to guy right now is Jason Moore. He's got uh, some training called Both And, which is talking about both in-person and online, mm-hmm. and or both online and in-person, depending on how you want to frame that. But Jason Moore is the guy to talk to you about that. So I would say create an opportunity where you are taking time to engage with your online audience intentionally. Um, not just simply broadcasting whatever happens to be happening in your building every Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, again, the more you can gear it towards people who are watching online, the, the better. Again, I'm seeing at, where we're at in Virginia, we're, we're open still, everything's been fine. Um, but, um, I, and I see more and more people in person again that I haven't seen in a long time, but there's still a lot of people we are still not anywhere close to where we were before COVID hit. And so again, so, and some of these people are online and we need to make sure that they're, they've got a good user experience when they're online and they feel like they're part of something more than just, it's a live stream, happy, go have a happy good time or something like that. So, yeah. So I, I you know, there's, uh, there's one church, Elevation Church, and they will only do their broadcast at certain times and they take it down. They don't leave it live. And uh, the interesting thing about this is it forces people to, well, uh, in some ways, it helps people align so they're all at that broadcast time at the same time. But what it does is it creates a lot of community in the chat. Mm -hmm. 
because someone says, listen, I always watch, you know, and they broadcast like, I don't know, five times on a Sunday and, and then a Saturday night and then they rebroadcast on a Monday night or something like this. They're not doing it to create scarcity or create fear of missing out. They're doing it because they want to get a lot of people in that space at the same time to create chats, to create community, yeah. to comment, to, to kind of create this social proof that, you know, other people are there and, and build it around that specific event rather than simply, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll post it and maybe people watch it live, but some people watch it later and, and you don't really get that same kind of a community sense. Yeah, I'll say that the chat is um, so important and it's so good. There are people in the chat that I've never met before, but I really feel like I know them. Um, sure. I, I know who they are. They sign in with the same username every time. We're able to follow up with them and talk with them and engage with them. It really is like great. I mean, like, I mean, I, I know you and I've had some face-to-face -face meetings like this on Zoom, but we've never met in person. But right. it's kind of like that. I, I know stuff about you even though we've never met. And the same thing can be true for the online experience with chat. We may never meet in person, but you can still get to know people and still have community. I think that's really invaluable for churches to be doing if they're not currently doing it right now. Yeah, and, and I think uh, when I hear you talking about that, I think about Jay Cranda from Saddleback. And uh, a little while ago, I was chatting with him and he was doing online training for a dad in... I want to say it was Indonesia, but I know it was Southeast Asia. I can't remember exactly where, but the dad, there's literally no church within the distance of their home. Mm -hmm. So he was training the dad how to baptize their kids, which is so cool. And he's built this relationship and this friendship with this family on the other side of the world um, because they felt this connection and he jumped in the chat and was always there and showed up regularly. And they watched for something like, you know, 18 months or something before they got to the point where they actually contacted him. And then he started this, this friendship with them. And uh, yeah, he told me he was doing some online training to, to train them how to, how to do baptisms with their kids, which is That's, really cool. That is really, really cool. So, all right, well, now let's talk about the other side of this thing. You said, don't necessarily target as we're kind of moving in person, don't necessarily target the people that we've lost, but let's target and market to the people who are still searching. What can we yeah. do, especially as we're going into the fall? What, what kind of marketing ideas or thoughts that you have for us to get out into the community again, uh, the people to hear about us? Yeah, so I think that the starting, uh oh, here I go, up on my soapbox. <laughs> got me up here, Tom. You've gotten think, <laughs> Yeah, here we go. Okay, I think the starting point for any conversation is understanding who you are as a church, as an organization and how you're going to express that in your community. So what is the, the one thing, you know, Mark, Mark McDonald wrote a great book called Be Known for Something. What is that something that you want to be known for in your community? And then focus all of your marketing efforts around that something. So we're no longer in a position, and I know I've, I've talked with a lot of churches where the, those, that core volunteer team is back, but kind of the peripheral volunteers aren't showing up you know they're, they're they're having difficulty finding people to sign up for kids ministry or or difficulty finding you know people who are going to run extra events so really the opportunity and, and by the way i hope that changes i hope that's not forever uh, and and if your church isn't having that problem kudos but the opportunity i think is to say okay what are the three or four core things 
we can do, you know, one a month from now to the end of the year that really emphasize that one thing we want to be known for in our community. So rather than doing, you know, we're doing VBS because we've always done VBS. We're doing a ladies breakfast because we've always done a ladies breakfast. And we're doing this prayer meeting just because we've always done a prayer meeting and, and we're doing this March and we're doing this parade and we're doing, you know, ABC, blah, 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 blah. all the way. Instead, what you could do is say, listen, we've got a core group of volunteers. We want to do fewer events with bigger impact in our community rather than trying to do all the everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, depending on what the culture is like in the area of your church, a trunk or treat might be a great activity or a trunk or treat might be a terrible activity, depending on the comfort of the people in your area to, you know, walk around and, and hand out candy or, or, or whatever that might look like. So kind of align that, the comfort of what's going on in your area and your, and your culture and your church with the things that matter to you. So like, let's say instead of a trunk or treat, Maybe what makes more sense for your community is to do like a movie night where everybody who comes to the movie night gets to leave with a bag of candy, right? So you're still doing some activity on Halloween. You're giving people an alternative to going door to door. Maybe they're really not comfortable with that. Um, but your movie night could be, you know, like a, a Veggie Tales or something that's geared to, by the way, go get your proper licenses. Don't tell, Adam said we could do a movie. Adam said we could show Veggie Tales. It must be fine. No, no, no. Go, go do your due diligence. All I'm suggesting is maybe there is a different way to create an event that, again, gives you the opportunity to, to drive home who you are. Like if you want to be known as a great church for families, then maybe it's a family movie night. If you wanted to be known as the church where business people get to grow their business and, and learn from each other and develop each other, then maybe you're not doing a trunk or treat. Instead, you're doing a business breakfast. You know, what is that one thing that really tells your community who you are, what you want to be known for, and really focus in on those events and weed out kind of the peripheral, we're doing it because we've always done it type events. Yeah. No, dude, this is fantastic. You're, you're exactly right. So how do we then get the word out to, as we're reorganizing ourselves, what, do you have certain strategies that you've discovered that are more effective in getting it out to the community? Yeah. So one thing that I've found is that uh, people feel the strongest connection at your church to the lead pastor. And so one of the great ways is to kind of give people the Costco sample of what it's like to listen to your lead pastor. So this isn't things like taking your, you know, full length sermon and posting it on Facebook on Tuesday and say, here's what we talked about Tuesday. This is like taking two or three minute snips. This is doing selfie videos. This is, you know, walking around the church and showing off the new decorations or how we decorated the kids hallway or what we're doing differently uh, and our new stage design, whatever that is, tie people to your lead pastor. And in the same sense, kids feel the greatest connection to whoever leads your kids ministry, whether that's your, you know, your children's pastor, or maybe it's a volunteer, or it's a part-time staff member. So give them the same opportunity to meet, to meet them. So, you know, I, Yes, video takes a lot of work um, to do really, really polished stuff, but there's so much traction you can get 
from, you know, once a day doing a selfie video. You know, we see people on TikTok who have millions of followers and they commit to posting one 15 second video a day. So let's say set up and, you know, practicing all those hand moves I can never get right. And, <laughs> and then actually posting and then figuring out what they're going to put in the subtitle and then throwing on a filter on a 15 second video. Let's say that takes them a whopping 10 minutes a day. There's no reason we shouldn't be doing this ourselves. I like it. And, you know, you're talking about TikTok. And I mean, again, TikTok is a really powerful tool right now. And if churches aren't using it in some capacity, then um, you're missing the boat on that because it, it, it's got good reach. It's got a lot of great stuff. Um, all right, Adam, this has been very, very helpful. As we kind of wrap up here, though, what would you encourage us as we head into the fall and kind of trying to start fresh, you know, with, with new things with the churches? What, 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 what last encouragement would you share with us? Well, I would say more than ever, it's important. Okay, here you go, soapbox. Adam's <laughs> up on his soapbox. More than ever, it's important to get really, really clear on who you are. Yeah. And, and that leads to who you're trying to reach, what you're trying to do, the message you're trying to communicate. So, you know, I, I don't want to harp on what I'm about to say. We're all going to know what I'm trying to say, but, we're, but I'm not going to say it, okay? Yeah. There are programs out there that allow you to download 30 social media graphics in a month and upload them to your channels. And I think the difficulty with that is checking a box to say, I put something on social media today as if that's what matters. And what really matters is finding a way to connect with your audience in a way that reinforces who you are. So if you subscribe to one of those services where you can download 30 social media graphics a day, go for it. I think it's a really great tool but be really, really specific in your description, in your caption, in your comments, in your follow-up about how that relates, how that post relates to who you are and what you do and why that matters. So I, I think we have to move away from checking the box. So checking the box, yes, we have an online broadcast. Okay, well, it's not enough to have one. You have to be intentional with what you do with it. Checking the box. I posted something on Instagram today. Well, it's not enough just to post something on Instagram today. You have to be intentional with why you're posting that and how that reflects on your church. Okay, I, I checked the box. I did an Instagram story. I checked the box. I updated an event on my website. I checked the box. I created a Facebook event for you know uh, a, an, an upcoming trunk or treat we're having. Okay, again, it's not enough to check the box. And you're going to have to learn to do, you know, you're going to have to learn to organize your time. You're going to have to learn to empower volunteers and all these other things. But if there's one thing I could drive home at this point in time, it's not enough to check the box because the other things that are vying for your people's attention are doing way more than checking a box. They're way more entertaining. They're way more intentional. They're way more brand loyal. And that at least has to cross your mind. You're not checking a box. You're, you have to be intentional with how you're communicating, what you're communicating, and why you're communicating. And all of that starts with getting clear on what is that one thing we want everybody to feel, everybody to recognize as, as our church through every piece of communication, every interaction they have with us. That is awesome. And that is convicting too. I mean, because too often I check the box and that's a really important, uh, great, great thing to end on here. Um, but before I let you go, Adam, 
tell people how they can connect with you with you and then also tell me a little bit about your web stuff sure well my my favorite way to connect online right now is with twitter or instagram twitter yes and i know tom's a big twitter co- p- proponent yeah. and i didn't just say that for tom's benefit but i really do love twitter i've been uh really intentional with it really enjoying it lately and uh, so either Twitter or Instagram, Adam underscore McLaughlin. So Twitter is going to be a lot of like my encouraging kind of content and like ideas for business and quick marketing quips and quick tips and all that kind of stuff. Instagram is like where I unleash and I go crazy and I go silly and I, you know, bug my wife and I bug my kids with dad jokes. That's if that's what you're looking for, you can find that stuff on Instagram. That's good. Um, and talk to me and your website is adammclaughlin.net, correct? Yes. Silver medal of domain name, silver medal. So if anybody owns the .com, please let me know. I'd like to have it. Otherwise, adammclaughlin.net. And of course you can find all my social media channels there and you can click all those buttons Great. and there's a lot of content there marketing for businesses, as well as marketing for churches at adammclaughlin.net. Adam, it's always great to talk to you. So thanks for taking time uh, and talking with me today. Thanks for hanging out, Tom. Thanks for having me. All right. So there you have it, my conversation with Adam. It's always great talking with him and catching up with him and where he's at and what he's doing. And he's just a great resource. So I would love to hear from you. What what stood out to you? What encouraged you? What challenged you? Uh, what do you agree with? What do you maybe disagree with? Um, definitely hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me up at, at TA Pounder and you can hit up Adam uh, at his as well. And I've got all his links, all his connections uh, in the show notes. So you can just easily go there and click on that. But we would love to hear from you and what you're learning and what you're doing and how you're doing this as a church. Maybe there's something that Adam shared that you is new to you, but maybe there's something that he didn't share that you're doing that's being successful. We would love to hear it. So let's continue this conversation on on Twitter. Or you can just email me to tom at ymsidekick.com. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. As always, thank you so much for being with me. I really appreciate it. If you'd love to, I would love for you to do this, but subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasting episodes from uh or you can go to ymsidekick.com. There I've got all my content, including the ebooks, the blogs, the vlogs, the podcast, the information about Digital Bootcamp Facebook group where all ministers from all different backgrounds get together and we talk about digital tools to help us expand our reach in ministry and you can get all that at ymsidekick.com. All right, heroes, well, I hope you have a great rest of your week, a great rest of your day, and until next time, have a great one.